Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode, what episode around? We are 7.5. 7.5. See, this is why I'm not allowed to work by myself. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. I am your courageous host, Ashley Loblassingame. I forgot my name for a second. I was like, you paused in front of your I name. full on <laughs> forgot my name. Well, here's the thing. As many women know, when you get married as well, you, you have a decision to make, right? Do I give up my last name? Do I add it on? Do I hyphenate? I've mm. had friends who completely, they cha- both changed their names. It's a lot of decision making. And for me, I really was unwilling. Like I was like, well, I'm not traditional, so I'm not doing, although I did a lot of traditional things when we got married, but I just really had a hard time changing my last name. So I decided, and hyphenating it was like, is like this whole complication with mm-hmm. kids and with changing your name, which also is, I don't know if you had this experience, but it was horrible trying, I'm still dealing with it, trying to change my name on everything. Oh, I still get mail. Yeah. And you've been married for like 10 years. 12. 12. Oh yeah. It, it, I always said if for some reason Roger and I don't work out, which we will. Don't worry about yeah. this one. No, um, keeping the name. It's forget it. Oh no, I, I changing your name is like my name again. the gnarliest thing. People it have no idea. Is. You have no idea. Or like if I absolutely had to change it again, I'd pull like a Phoebe from Friends and do like Princess Consuela Banana Hammock, just because it's like <laughs> okay, fine. If I'm gonna have to go through this crap, I agree. Again, Pick a name. It's time to make it count. Yeah, it's like you you got to make all these appointments. I still have, I have bank accounts where. In order for me to change the name on the bank account, we both have to make an appointment because Dak's on it. An appointment? To go and change my name. And, and like just and my passport is in my maiden name and my TSA pre-check oh. is in my maiden name. So when I travel, my driver's license has my married name. So when I travel, I need my passport so I can get TSA pre-check. I'm telling you. It, it's a lot. Levels. Levels. <laughs> So anyway, I was like, this is my name. I'm doing the whole thing. I'm doing a Sarah Jessica Parker. It's happening. Damn it. (laughs) Well, I love it because whenever I like write notes or like put notes like to call Ashley or something, I'd put call ALB. Yeah, ALB. Yeah. That works. I I even sign some of our contracts ALB. Like I actually, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not writing my whole name. See, I had actually contemplated it because so there's three girls in my family. And so my dad jokes like, oh, the Perkins name, because that was my maiden name, Perkins. Perkins name. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. My dad's Irish. My mom's the one that's like Trinidadian, Venezuelan, Portuguese, all that whole fun mix. So I'm half Irish and half like a full Latina and like West Indies mix. It's very funny. I would never have guessed that. Yeah. No one guesses it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fake blonde hair. (laughs) Yeah. But you you look like a, a white girl. I totally do, but yeah. I've got the Latina in me. I, know I met I met a Brazilian woman one time, and she was so sweet. Um, I was on like a photography trip with her, and she looked at me, and she pegged my background exactly. She's like, "You have West Indies in you. I know that you have South American in you, and I feel like you're Brazilian in some way." And I was like, "I don't think I am, but hey, I'll be honorary Brazilian." Was her name Twenty Three and Me? No, her name was Luciana. It was so beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's a nice story. Yeah, but yeah, my so so going back to that, my dad was like, "Well, you're gonna have to throw Perkins in like some of your kids' names since you know, yeah, the name is dying, you know, on our end." Oh and yeah, I was like, you know, 
I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. It's no, not you like do. A, you confront this whole like other area. You know, it comes. You like I've never even. Oh, you just think about like the dress you're going to get married in. You're not thinking about all the complicated. Or you, or you like all. sign your name. Like we, you know, practice signing your name like with their last name. But then you're like, wait, do I really want to do that? There's a whole complication. It's very stressful. So my first name gets butchered a lot. Which is okay, understandably. Right. It's not very common. Well, someone asked me, is it Christiana or Christiana? Christiana. I was like, I, it's like, what is sh? Yeah, Christiana is sh- like, I, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but I say Christiana. So, it's like, like a beatboxer. <laughs> I don't have that talent. I can dance to a beatboxer, but I cannot beatbox. That is a fabulous talent. Reminds me of um, Hey Arnold from the 90s. Oh, good pull. Right? Yeah, that's a good poll. Oh, but just to clarify, so yeah. it's a lot of people ask, and it's very commonly mispronounced, mispronounced, <laughs> oh, Lord, lack of sleep showing right there. Um, um, my last name is Kimmick, so like a C-K, but it ends with C-H. Oh, I love Kimmich. So you Kimmich. can imagine how Kimmich. pissed I was when I go through this whole name change process, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, really excited because I'm like, oh, this is so... I'm Christina Kimmich. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I no. It should only be one hard to pronounce name, not Christy. And then and then Peter, our CEO and, and your yeah. father, calls me Kimchi. Yeah. Which I kind of love. Yeah. I've got to say, I kind of love it. Well, he, he that's he couldn't identify in the uh, when I when I said this is the one I want to hire. He was like, "Oh yeah, kimchi." And I was like, "No, it's it's kimmich, kimmich. It's kimmich, Ashley." Oh god, Kimmich. I just did it. I was thinking about kimchi. Literally, I was thinking kimchi about like is really good. It smells really bad. It says, but it's so good for you. And it kimchi is, is uh, fermented cabbage. Mm. In okay. case anyone wants a, <laughs> we have taken this down a very. Are we doing a podcast? Yeah, on we're doing green a podcast. Cabbage? I think so. I think so. It's also good for your microbiome. Just eat some it, kimchi. Yeah, it really is. It yeah. like totally balances your gut. Yeah, do it. I guess we should talk about. Okay, so we want to talk a bit about so Emily's pod. Oh my god. Okay. She's so funny. I, and you two together. The two of us together. Okay, so if, if you, yes, we talk over each other, but that's, like, actually a good example of our friendship. So, like, it's not actually us interrupting each other. It's kind of how we are. It's a dynamic. Yeah. And, and watching you guys, it was just, like, you have a flow. Like, the two of you guys could do, like, a comedy routine. And it would get picked up by Netflix and people would pee their pants. I mean, you guys were We thought awesome. about writing a book together. We... She is, like, one of the only people in my life where I will get in actual fights with. Like, she is so feisty, and I'm so feisty that we get in, like, we <laughs> we fight like sisters. It's so weird. But, like, actually get pissed at each other. Like, she yelled at me <laughs> last year. I was like, are you yelling at me? I am a freaking grown-ass woman. And you're yelling at me. Okay. But see, that's how you know that you guys love each other. Oh, for sure. We're like, you guys are we're family. Yeah, we're yep. family. I, I mean, I moved into her den. I mean, the story is just so funny. It was funny. <laughs> I was re listening to the pod and <laughs> just listening to some of the stuff. And of course, jogging, jog, it would jog so many memories, like so many strange memories of fun things that happened when we were newly sober and just how, you know, what it's like to grow up getting sober and see someone. I mean, she talked about having a front row seat to someone else's life and that's, that's what it's been like. And it's been, it's really cool. And 
it's so funny. When I re-listen to the podcast, I have all the same questions and I laugh at all the same times. So like, but like in every podcast I've right. listened to, I have the same thought pops into my head. I'm like, well, I'm consistent. Yeah. And I like the same point I start, I think is funny. I was like, oh God, maybe I'm like dad joke central. I don't know. I haven't ever no, I'm not. heard you with dad, jo- like dad oh, I feel jokes. like I'm headed in that direction. You could be. I feel like yeah. you're on the trajectory. Yeah. The, sure. I am on the p- dad joke trajectory where it's like. I think the same things are funny. Like, I'm going to laugh at the same thing every single time. That is disturbing. So, yeah, it was really fun having her on here and just having a guest that was really, like, easy to have a conversation and talk to. And and her story is really amazing because it touches on so many things, eating disorder perspective, doing geographics, you know, which is, like, moving, thinking that's going to solve your problems. And then the inner, the combination of alcohol and drug sobriety mm-hmm. with an eating disorder and yes. how that unresolved problem had her led her to drink again and she was talking a lot about she's talking a lot about relapsing and then going out and then coming want, saying okay I want to get sober again and starting to come back to meetings and being unable to stay sober in between mm-hmm. the meetings and one of the things she said was which which I you know have heard many times like you People will say, well, I know where to, like, I'm going to drink. And I've thought this too. So I'm not even saying that it's, it's like a natural thought of someone with this mental disruption, which is I'm going to drink again, but I know where to go if it gets bad, right? I'm going to try this experiment again. And I've done that. And, uh, and it did get bad. And you don't know when or if you'll be able to come back, even if you're ready. And and she talked about this and how a friend of hers died two weeks after they had had yeah. this conversation. And I was um, walking my dog this morning thinking about that, listening to the pod. And I wanted to share a story of a friend of mine who went through this exact thing. And for me, I did the same thing and I was able to make it back. And Emily was able to make it back. But Nicole, who Emily shares about, was not. And I want to share a story about a friend of mine, Justine, who, um, I'm going to try not to cry, who made the decision. Justine was a beautiful, super athletic, just vivacious. I think she was, when I met her, she was like 22 or three and she was finishing college. She had four years sober and we met in a, a yoga classroom in a yoga class. And she, she was just like, amazing. She's so just like incredibly athletic. And, um, and she had this huge, I don't even remember what it was, but this like very distinct tattoo that goes, went all the way down the side of her body. And, you know, and I, I went and talked to her and I was like, I love your tattoo. And then she turned out to be in the program. And so we connected there and eventually she got herself back into college. Her mom had passed away from cancer and and she had used a lot and and um, been a methamphetamine addict and was putting her life back together and was finishing college. And so I actually tutored her for a while, helping her with that. And then um, when she was about four, around, right around her four years sober, she, I believe she was working at a bar and she decided that, and she had been thinking about it for a while and not telling anyone, she decided that she was going to try drinking again. She knew she was a drug addict, but that she felt that she could control her alcoholism or that maybe she wasn't an alcoholic rather. So she made the decision. She told everybody what she was going to do. And and she, I mean, we said, okay, you know, <laughs> okay. And she 
one night coming home from work, super tired, had only a couple of beers. Um, She was not like super intoxicated the way that you would think. Really close to her house, she um, fell asleep at the wheel and hit a stop sign and became paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, my God. I believe she was 24 years old. Oh, my God. And it was – it took her four years to die from choking on a piece of food. What? And she – we would – we would talk to her, like I went and, you know, we spent time with her, went to visit her at all these different homes. She couldn't live by herself. And she would talk about like the inability to scratch her nose. She had to be manually helped to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was horrendous. And it was because she made the decision that she thought that she could drink normally, but not use drugs again. And this was a long process. I mean, it was, she, we, she, you know, we raised money for her to get stem cell. Like it was a, it was a very involved, the community was very involved in trying to lift her up again. And, you know, for the most part, she didn't want to live and she didn't want to live the way she was living. And had she been able to kill herself, she would have. And then we heard that, you know, she, she choked on something and passed away. And I tell this shocking story because it was a every day, like it was a decision a thought that has crossed my mind, it has crossed my friends' minds, it has crossed so many people's minds over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's a consequence that is very real. And I could name others, but it was a very specific consequence where you may not die. You may be, you may be in a situation worse than death. And that's what I saw. That's what I saw with Justine. She was in a situation worse than death. And I don't mean to exploit her story, but I do want I don't want it to be in vain. I want her story to be something that people can learn from, which Mm -hmm. is that you have no idea how this story ends. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what happens if you decide to try it again. And, you you know, you don't know what you're going to take or drink or what circumstances. And, you know, I just, that was something that really struck me, but, you know, and reminded me when Emily was talking about, like, you just don't know. So when you make that decision, you are entering into something that is much bigger than I know where I can come back to a meeting. I mean, that story is horrendously heartbreaking. Yeah. And and especially, I can only imagine going from being super athletic to... Oh, yeah. She was this... Yeah, that was the heartbreaking thing. And she's like... She was like beautiful, young, like really... 24 years old. Mm -hmm. I got married at 24. Like I I remember I didn't feel that young, but looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was such a baby, you know, and and that's just, oh God. I mean, and you're you're right to share that because the thing is like, you know, we both do recruiting for Lion Rock Recovery too. And so we interview a lot of people and counselors. And one of the counselor questions that we ask is have you ever had any clients pass away as a result of their addiction? And the reason why we're asking this question is because we want to hear basically like what their coping skills are to handle it going forward because unfortunately this does happen. And if they've experienced the seriousness of this disease, like how long have they been doing it? Have they seen what it does? Very true. And it's heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking because we interview so many people, you know, on a weekly basis and 
I hear another story and another story yep. and another story and oh, many yeah. times tears are drawn. And and the important thing to take away from it, because when I was um, when I was younger, I actually had a, a pretty close friend pass away. She and her boyfriend had taken a ton of drugs and decided that they were okay to drive home. And they yeah. hopped a median and smashed into something and um, but that's that was the, it. That's the story we think of. The story we think of right. is that you smash into something and you die. And you die. That's the story I think of. Okay, maybe right. I'll die. Right. You know what I didn't think of is maybe you're in a wheelchair. And she described this one experience where she was in one of the hospitals and she was laying back and a spider came down from the ceiling. Oh. And she just started screaming because there was nothing. She, she couldn't move it away from her face. Oh, and she geez. had this moment of like... I'm so power, like I have rendered myself completely, I've incapacitated myself. So I think so many of us hear that story where you right. die. And as an alcoholic, like that's, I think you're unhappy in a way that you're like, okay, maybe I'll die. Mm -hmm. But I don't think any of us feel the same way about a situation like that. Right. Like that is, for me, at least, I can speak from my experience and what I saw. Sure. That's worse than death. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And and it's it it must be such a powerless feeling. You know, I've only yeah. had moments of feeling powerless in in regards to physically feeling powerless yeah. over something. And, oh yeah. And I mean just the heartbreak that she must yeah. have, you know, endured yeah. for that. And and the and the family and everybody around. And again, I don't want to like exploit the story, but I, I do want to say that, you know, if you're thinking about that, if that is crossing your mind, yeah. which frankly is normal. It is normal. Mm -hmm. It's also not true right. that you can come back whenever you want. Like you don't know that and right. you, that isn't necessarily true. And, and there are plenty of people who can talk to you about that. And if you're thinking that, please reach out and talk to somebody about it because yep. it's important that we don't keep that in our heads and go along with that narrative. And, and I drew that from, from Emily's, you know, that was the thought there, a thing that was brought up for me when I was listening to Emily's story on a lighter note. Emily is a mommy blogger and she has been very successful. She started, I remember when she started this blog in 2014, chasingmcallisters.com and she wanted to share, her whole thing was that everything on social media, Instagram is very curated and she wanted to share an honest version of motherhood. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, like an authentic. I was like, oh boy, are you sure? Um, and she, so part of that though is sober motherhood. Mm. And there is, you know, a, a, there is a difference there between being a sober mom. And, and I want to talk about, you know, parenting and recovery. Mm -hmm. In <laughs> So uh, when the twins were born, I was like, oh my gosh, I have diapers. I have two cribs. I have a stroller. I, ha I, I even got the minivan. Like I have all the tools. I don't have alcohol. I was like, wait, can I put that on the registry? Because that seems to be like a necessity for parenting. And because everybody would talk about like five o'clock, wine o'clock or whatever they say. I don't even, I'm, right. I'm going to butcher all those sayings, but, <laughs> but like how this culture of like mommy wine culture and like that motherhood, a requirement for motherhood was wine or right. drinking in order to cope. And I got to tell you, there are a lot of times where it sure feels that way. Sure. And the ability to, oh, the, the other thing, the other, the other thing was, okay, so you get sober before motherhood. 
If you get sober during motherhood, maybe, maybe this is different, but actually, I think, actually, it's probably the same. You're taught about the necessity of Mm self-care and taking care of your recovery and all these things. And so for the years before the twins were born, I was so focused on like taking care of myself and making sure I had all my needs met and like that you're taught to put yourself first. Motherhood is about putting yourself dead last. Like that's what happens if you don't make yourself a priority. Like, Like it automatically puts you, I mean, pregnancy in of itself makes you the host. Like it's, you know, you have a parasite and it's, I mean, that's just literally like it is a, someone has described it to me as such. I mean, it is. Yes, it is. It is, is a, is a relationship where there is all take (laughs) (laughs) and it's all take. So like, it's, it's like actually, um, what is it? It's not a, I guess it is a symbiotic relationship, but it's, um, Oh, I'll remember when, when we're done with the pod, of course. (laughs) So, you have children and suddenly you come last, but you've been taught in recovery that, to put yourself first, but there's no clear way of knowing how to do that. Like, so then it's like, what do you do? Because it's literally like a living contradiction. A hundred percent living contradiction. You, you, I mean, for many moms, I didn't have this experience because I was unable to breastfeed. They, like, can't leave their kids for more than two hours. So how are they going to get to a meeting or do something? You know, how right. are they going to take care of themselves? Shower. Attached. How, because they're the right. baby's actually attached to them. So there are all right. these complications. And I think you don't do it well at first and then you kind of get you kind of get a little crazy and then you get into your rhythm like, okay, I have to do this. That's sure. I mean, that's the hope that you get to that place. But a lot of it is about putting your – like learning to put yourself – ahead of your family in the sense that like, no, I, I need to miss bath time or I need to miss the dinner because I need to go to a meeting or I need to go to lunch with a friend or I need to exercise or I need to take a shower. Mm -hmm. And yes, that is going to be moments taken away from my child's journey. But in order for me to be the mom, I need, I want to be I have to be able to take time away. And it's very counterintuitive because you are the person that soothes that child. Like the children want mom most of the time. So you leaving feels like, and, and you, you know, many times dad is like, oh, where are you, you know, I, I don't know what to do. The baby's crying, you know? And you're like, (laughs) I remember dad said to me like, I don't like changing diapers or something. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, that's funny. I love it. I'm so into changing diapers. I just wish I could change diapers all day long. You don't like it? Oh, great. (laughs) I'll I'll just take on over because, you know, apparently it's a prerequisite to like doing what they – I was like, do you know how many things I don't like doing that I have to do? You know, I was like, if that's that's even a factor, then no one asked me. So you just – there's all these – Things and then you, you're, you're, the idea is, oh, yeah, take care of yourself and have healthy outlets and whatever, mm-hmm. like balance. I but don't, then it's like, how do you, like, you can say all this, right? But then whenever it comes to just like you said, putting this into play, then all of a sudden you're like, you, like you said, you're walking away from the bath times because you have to go to a meeting and yeah. because you know that you if have you to want schedule mommy long term, yeah, and if you want me at my best, which yeah. is a sober mom, yeah, then. This is what this is the trade-off. Yeah. This is what has to happen. And that's rea- that's a reality. For- I've seen moms who were on bed rest. I've seen them have groups of their sober friends come mm. and come to their house 
or come to the hospital and, oh, and talk great. to them and like stay with them and talk about sobriety and just kind of, you know, have that open dialogue. I've seen um, people do online meetings, people do phone meetings, you know, people have childcare for an hour and they go or their mm-hmm. childcare, there are some meetings with childcare. You know, there are a lot of different ways to connect and stay connected to the sober community, whatever sober community you have, whether it's church or life ring or 12 step or whatever, there are lots of different ways to connect. But the important part is that you do connect and figuring out a rhythm where you actually learn to put yourself like your recovery in a place of, you know, I understand that I, you know, that childhood goes quickly because this is a thing that goes to your mind. You're like, well, childhood goes quickly. If I go to a meeting every whatever night, you know, it's going to go by so fast and I'm going to miss some of that time. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're working, Mm -hmm. because if you're working, then you're like, you know, for me, I come home and I only see them for a couple hours at night anyway. So after work and I, that is also time typically where I could go work out or I could go to me. So like, there's a lot of trade-offs that feel really crappy. Right. And feel like, and, and feel like, Hey, am I being a good mom? And in order to be a good mom, I have to be strong in my recovery. Absolutely. That's, I'm so glad that you talked about that because Emily, you know, talks about that as well. And Mm -hmm. I even see, you know, I have a lot of friends who are pregnant or having kids and my sister just had a baby, which I mentioned. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just so proud. I'm just so proud that he just exists. He's so perfect at eight weeks old. Like, I love it. You rock, little dude. You breathe, and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I know, right? I can only I wish, imagine. I wish being a those mom. were the requirements. <laughs> right. I'm so proud of you for your autonomic functions. You know, and then also, just a little side note, I forgot who I was saying this to. Oh, I was at your house, and then one of your kids was saying, no. No, like just no. And I I, I don't think want I, it. Yeah, and I think I looked at I think I looked at you and said this, and I was like, I just really want to be able to do that and have it be acceptable. Totally. Like someone asked me to do something and I just go, no. No, you do what they do. I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) I literally look at them like, oh yeah? You don't want it? Let me tell you about life, kiddo. Can I say that to you next time you send me a report or something? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't want it. You can. Ashley, I don't want it. You can. I don't want it, mama. You are fired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. I want to fire my children. (laughs) Plenty of the time. But so me without being a mommy to a human child, I am, of course, a mommy to a perfect puppy. I see so much of the mommy wine culture posted <laughs> everywhere. Right. Like you don't Social have to be media. a mom to see this no, going on. The gifts. Like when I, I mean, I've gone to a lot of baby showers recently. And so I'm searching for, and even at the baby, baby centers. What's that? I don't know. What am I saying? A baby shop? What am I saying? Where do you buy baby stuff from? Children's clothing store. Like when you register? I don't know. I don't what buy. What are they called? I only buy from Amazon. Honestly, I just, yeah. like it scares me. So I don't even know. What I a baby- walk into a baby store. A, a baby, baby store. baby supply store. A baby s- And I... <laughs> Home Depot for babies. No, I love Home Depot. <laughs> a baby supply store. But I walked store. in to like go grab some stuff for a baby shower and I was like, it's just stuff. I mean, 50 million forks, 50 million bibs. And I'm just like, don't you just need one? Like, couldn't this just one be in like five colors? Unless and, like, you're like me where like out? produces two at a time and... <laughs> <laughs> then that would make sense. Yeah. But even stuff in there, you know, it's like, 
and being, you know, being someone who is not in recovery from substance abuse, but I work and I live yeah. with a lot of people, I have to think twice who I'm buying for. Yeah. Whenever I'm seeing that, I'm like, okay, who, like, is this appropriate? Is this not? And and it's gotten to the point where it's not funny to me anymore. Yeah, I bet. It's just not. Yeah. And I, I won't buy it. I used to a few years ago, like, oh, yeah, ha, that's hilarious. And now knowing what I know and having just the knowledge that I have, it's not funny. Well, there was this whole, this was kind of, I mean, it wasn't funny, but it was kind of funny. It was this whole, I was in this mom's, I'm in this mom's Facebook group that isn't recovery based. And there was this mom in there talking about how she, so like, so there's basically how she would drink and then she would pump out the breast milk with booze in it. (laughs) And then, then, but like, so there, there are things like people do that with, if they eat certain foods and they don't want the baby. So, I mean, it's not like it's called pump and dump and it's not totally insane, but it was just one of those things where like I was envisioning (laughs) the scenario where I would try to do that. And it was like, my kid was ultimately drunk (laughs) because there was no, like, there was no, like, there was no end. Yeah. There was no end to it. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I have drunk breast milk. It's like a fountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I was going through all the scenarios when she was talking about this, like, okay, so if I drink this many and then I have to pump and dump and I was like, oh my God. It's a lot to think about. That sounds so complicated. Yeah. And like a lot of math involved in like calculating. <laughs> she's, all, she's all pulling out yeah, calculus yeah, equations. Yeah. No, I mean the like percentage how, of Yeah, like wh- no, I mean really. But how would you figure that they, out? That I'm is, sure there's there, a way. There's but. online information. There was one time to that end. There was one time I was like five years sober when I was like, I'm going to relapse. I'm going to drink like a normal person, blah, 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 blah. Again, this is a normal thought. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm going to do it really responsibly. So I went, I was like, cause, cause I didn't do a lot of drinking and driving. It wasn't my thing. I know for some people it is, it wasn't my thing. I really, it scares me. And so I was like, oh, okay. I need to research and I'm a big research person. I need oh, to yeah. research how to like the legal limit works in terms of drinking and driving and all these things. I was like, I figure this out. So I downloaded all the stuff and I was like, okay, if I drink this and you drink this and if you weigh this much and this many hours, it got so complicated that I gave up on the relapse. Wow. Yeah. Cause it stressed me out to have to try to control my drinking at that level. Like even thinking about trying to control it like that was stressful. It was too much. I was like, for I you can't to do this. This is not going to work for me. Yeah. It was th- that whole experiment. Well, that was yeah, because tool. your research, I know it worked, worked out on your behalf. It worked on my behalf because I was like, this is way complicated and I don't see normal people researching how to like function. Yeah. Like th- I was like, normal people aren't trying to in detail, figure out how to control their drinking to the level where they can drive. They're just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm drunk. I'm going to Uber. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to drive. Yeah. But, but like, it's just, I don't know. They just seem to navigate that whole like car issue much more elegantly. And here I am like not even having picked up a drink and I'm totally lost as to how I'm going to make this whole thing work. And so, so I didn't do it, but that's how I, you done. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. I give up. But that was how I was looking at the the breast milk thing was like, oh, geez, I can't even imagine trying to trying to manage, but people do. So fun fact, kind of semi-related to that. It, it's in regards to the Uber thing. One time I went to a friend's birthday party and, you know, it was at like a bar in Huntington Beach, um, Huntington Beach, you know, beach city in California, for those of you not from here. And I met 
a wonderful, super sweet couple, like young couple. And my husband and I were talking to them because we were talking about moving to like basically like a smaller little house, but like on the beach and Hey, like what's available. Cause they lived on the beach and they lived like up in like the Redondo beach area, which is kind of like a beach city near LA. And so we were asking them, well, what's it like, you know, cause we're researching cities and trying to figure it out. And so his response back to us, cause he's like, well, where do you normally drive to? So I'm naming all the cities where I, I kind of hit on like a weekly basis. And well, this is where our work is. And this is where we need to be. It's important to be close to this freeway because of this. And I take a dance class here and teach over here. And so he, he tells me a couple different places to research a couple different cities and then proceeds to tell me not like how many miles away they are like, Oh yeah. And this would just be like a couple miles. Cause he's trying to give us like an idea of like yeah. how manageable, like this scenario would be for us. He refers to everything completely straight face in Uber minutes. So <laughs> refers to like a f- all the cities that I was going to drive through or drive from if we lived there. And he's like, and this is a 23 minute Uber ride. And this would be a 27 minute Uber ride. You were ride. like, okay, how Off long is it in top in a regular head. car? That's what I'm thinking. I was like, I'm not Ubering anywhere. Like, <laughs> I'll be driving my own car. But like, and this is only a 45 minute Uber ride. And, and that was it. He spoke in Uber minutes. And I thought, <laughs> that's amazing uber minutes but he had it like off the top of yeah. his head so this is obviously something that he did so that mm. kind of reminds oh, me of he, that maybe like, he's a drinker he's well he i can confirm he's, yeah he's hey he but at least you know time drinker yeah and but that's the thing but it was just an uber ride and there was it was no thing to the point where that was <laughs> what, and minutes. i was like what about a regular ride <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a pickup truck that i'm not paying by the minute <laughs> and i have to spend 90 dollars yeah to, to fill, fill it up every time yeah yeah, I, I that's amazing, and I really want to use Uber Minutes now. But it was great. Yeah. I, I looked at my husband and kind of blinked a couple times, you know, like inconspicuously, because I was like, "This is happening. Someone is giving me Uber Minutes. Uber Minutes. How many Uber Minutes will it take me to walk to the bathroom? Ooh, oh, I don't know. It depends on what time the car arrives. <laughs> <laughs> it depends if they make make an illegal U turn. Oh my God, I hate that when I'm watching the thing and it like turns a wrong turn and you're like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Turn around. <laughs> you're like, it's like watching a scary movie where you're like, he's behind you. <laughs> turn around, yelling at the screen. <laughs> Don't do it. That was illegal. Run. You made a wrong turn. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Oh, <laughs> I could never be an Uber driver. I don't think I like people that much. <laughs> Get into my car. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Uber driving has made alcoholism much safer. Yeah. But I'll just say that. I mean, I don't even know if that's probably like a really not cool thing to say, but. Well, I mean. I said it. Is it an option, you know, to take people out from behind the wheel and make it easier I, for them yeah, to get home? I, Absolutely. That's what I see. Yeah. Absolutely. People are, dr- people are driving drunk last. Thank God. Right. And and they can they can schedule it, you know, as soon as they're done at the bar. I mean, yeah, the, for everything, like, you know, you and I always talk about for everything, you know, there's the pros and the cons. And I mean, I, you can't stop people from making the decisions that they're going to make. And so in that, that kind of a scenario, the best thing is to have as many resources as possible. I agree. And that's a great resource. My hope is that by the time my children are mm, in high school, the cars will be driverless. So I don't even have to worry about that piece at all. That gives you peace of mind? That scares the crap out of me. Yes, here, please step into this vehicle that's unmanned and some thing 
oh, over, question mark. Oh, whoops. Question mark is over driving a sixteen-year-old boy. I would well, t- I would take a robot <laughs> over a sixteen-year-old boy, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know why insurance for sixteen-year-old boys is higher than any other age. Is it really? Hmm. Well, that would make sense. Right. That's my point. So then, don't own drive till they're eighteen. Oh yeah. Listen, if they have my genetics, <laughs> you you, you, you come over to my house and he's like, turn around. No, I don't want it. And walks away. Wanna, <laughs> he did, he I did, mean, he did say that. Yeah. So I'm at Ashley's house interacting with the twins who've ripped off their diapers and are oh, running yeah. around. They're having a naked, naked baby party. They're nudists. They are, they are absolutely nudists. They're mm-hmm. very comfortable in their own little toddler skin. It's so cute. And, um. Davis was wanting to go outside and he, he was wanting to like unplug something and, and he basically he wanted to walk into an unsafe situation, you know, yeah, and I was naturally. trying to keep him away. Right. So I was like, no, Davis. And you had already told him no. And someone else had told him no. And then I'm telling them, Hey, you know, you got to stay away. Let's not do that. And he just walks right past me. And I was like, Hey, and he like looks at me and I go, are you listening? And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, we got that. We got that down. We're yeah, honest. We're like, honest I'm, at least. I love you. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it is. Respect. So last night I was reading Davis a book and Jackson was pissed because I wasn't paying enough attention to him. Oh, so naturally he's not wearing any pants or a <laughs> diaper because he's taking them off because that's what he does. Right. And he climbs. Oh, I'm sitting in a, like a recliner chair reading to Davis and he, Jackson climbs up and over behind me. So like I see that he's behind me. But, like, I, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't think anything of it. I thought he was just going to, like. It's about to happen. I don't know. I, th- I don't know what I thought. I didn't think. I didn't think he was going to do what he did. Oh which was he took his bare bottom and placed it directly on top of my head <laughs> and started cracking up hysterically. That and is so great. And I was, I looked at Jack and I'm like, did you just tell him? Like, I just shocked, right? Because right. I'm like, first of all, you are hurting my neck. Second of all, ew. Third of all, I looked at my husband. I was like, did you just tell him to do this? He's like, no, he came up with that by himself. The kid is two and a half. I'm like, oh my God, we're so screwed. <laughs> You're so screwed. Like he, just to get attention. So he I start laughing because it's fun. I mean it's, it's funny. Like I'm I'm like, okay, kid, don't don't do head. it, but like also really funny. Right. And he so he just keeps doing it. So now he just thinks it's funny to put his butt on mom's head. But I just is like, oh my God, we're so that kid's like destined to be like a comedian. Yeah, or we're so screwed. Um so yeah, I'll take a robot over a sixteen year old driver. Oh alrighty. Well, Let's revisit this in another 10 years and see how we feel. Yeah, sounds good. So I think to kind of wrap up and and with Emily's episode, I want to do a full episode and bring in a couple different sober moms. (gasps) That is amazing. At different lengths of sobriety to talk about like different things because at, at my, so I, I was 10 years sober when the twins were born, but I have a friend who has six months and she has three kids. And so she, like the conversations we have are very different where she's going on vacations with six months sober with family friends and everybody's drinking and Mm. it's really hard for her to abstain. And she feels like she's being left out. Well, at 10 years sober, that same trip for me, that's not going to be where my head Like, it's just not like, I'm not going to be like, she was telling me that they kept giving her virgin drinks in a kid's cup. 
And my husband always asks for his virgin drink in a specific cup, which I have thought is very ridiculous. But, you know, so anyway, she we were talking. I was like, tell them what cup you want it in. I want a virgin mojito in, a you know, this type of glass. Mm-hmm. Like when you order it, mm-hmm. it's part of your order if, if that's something that you're – uncomfortable or like I always order when everybody's ordering drinks, I order a a seltzer with cranberry and a lime. It looks like a looks like a drink. It looks like a mocktail. No one sure. ever asks me. And so I'm drinking something with everybody else. So like these are things that I have, you know, resistance muscles and and habits that I have formed over the years. Right. But it was interesting talking to her about how difficult that was and the, the things that she was thinking. Mm. And so I really want to have a, a full episode where we talk about motherhood from those different perspectives. Because I, th- I think, I really think that I'm not going to remember all the things, or frankly, not have experienced it because I wasn't a mom early of recovery, all the things that would come up that right. um, we should talk about. I think that that's such a great idea. And and if if all of our listeners out there have any additional ideas or yeah. other things that they'd like to hear us deep dive into um, or other people deep dive into, you know, like this example of, you know, hearing from moms at all different points, then yeah. that's phenomenal. And I think it'll be such a great resource for you know, people in all different points of their sobriety and their motherhood and yeah. just, again, helping to to know that, you know, there there are people out there experiencing the same thing and and, and they're able to walk through it and get through it together. Totally. Totally. Emily was talking about, um, <laughs> she was talking about her, we joked about her mainstream mom coming out, like when the alcoholic hit her, you know, in the car and she was <laughs> yes. appalled, like a 2 p.m., yes. like with the other moms. Oh, gosh, and that the, was And then great. being like, that's totally normal, Emily. What are you talking about? And then right. she was also talking about the fear of her children being judged. Mm. and for her coming out about her recovery and that right. that was a process she had to go to because her kids are in school with other kids. And and that's something I've thought about certainly when doing the podcast, although at this point the uh, cat's a little out of the bag, you know what I mean? Just a teeny bit. A little bit out of the bag. Little. Um, so, yeah, those, these are topics that I think should be covered because I know that they are pervasive in the motherhood community. Yes. And we have an exciting announcement to make with this 7.5 episode. Boom, shakalaka. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, so our exciting announcement is we won't make you wait till next week. So our format is changing a little bit for the podcast. Oh, snap. (laughs) That was a good snap. That was a good snap. Hopefully it sounds like it. So our podcast is changing. We are giving you more content because we are wanting to ramp this up and listen to our listeners and you've asked and we are delivering. So what's going to start happening as of next week, episode eight, which is going to be a very special one. And I won't tell you who it is because we're going to be posting it out there. So you'll know ahead of time who it is. She has so many secrets. It's it's how Secrets you... keep you sick, Christiana. I, well, Christiana the... Kimmich. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Sally. We'll see, but mine is I'm only holding a secret week to week. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's it's like That's, coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like it's a, a very surprise. Sh- it's a short-term secret. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Doable. <laughs> so we are going to be offering every single Tuesday, which is when our podcast had been coming out, we're going to be giving you guest interviews every single Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so we've just had so many amazing people just respond yeah, and want to be so on the much podcast. Content. We do. And so we want to give you all these interviews quicker yeah. Yeah. because they're just too good for us to hold back and yeah. wait every other week. So we're going but, to be... Go sorry. Ahead. So, sorry. I'm so bad. You're not bad. I'm so bad. 
You're the host. You, um, can, you can say whatever you I want. Wanna, I interrupted. I'm working on interrupting. Sorry. Okay. So now I forgot what I was going to say. Wait. No, no, no. It's coming back. Oh, I know. Um, so people have been <laughs> people have been telling us they really love the after the episode uh, where we kind of dissect what happened in the episode in the previous episode, and then we want to add topics kind of like motherhood in recovery. So we have a topic that we talk about, and then we've brought in. Sometimes we're going to bring in experts to, you know, mm-hmm. weigh in. Um, we had Leo last week, which was really awesome. Yep. So we're going to do stuff like that, and but we're going to do that every other week. So we'll do basically an after the episode for two different episodes mm-hmm. at once. Um, so it'll be every Tuesday an interview comes out, and then every other Thursday an episode will come out that – goes through the previous two episodes, and then we have a topic and maybe an expert of some sort. Yep. So we wanted to do that so we can give you guys more content. And that's just so that we can kind of, you know, bring people's stories together and, you know, not compare. I I don't know how else to say it, but, you know, you can kind of compare and contrast maybe a few things. And, And we just thought that that would be helpful in delivering more content to you guys, as well as we have some great ideas on coming out with some bonus episodes, mm-hmm. which the bonus episodes would be coming out every other Thursday. So we're really excited. We wanted to do this because we want to bring you more interviews. We want to give you more good content, but we love this after the episode format. And we were trying to figure out a way to make it all work and with our schedules and timelines and all yeah. the fun stuff that we do. Cause we, we do We've, a lot. We, we do a lot. <laughs> a lot it's on our plate. kind of a lot. Question mark? Yeah, we, we kind of have a lot on our plates. Um, so, But we love this. This is so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's such a fun creative outlet for us yeah. and, you know, talking about the recovery stuff. And I know that, that, you know, when people reach out and tell me about different things that have affected them or different mm-hmm. quotes or ideas, that's such a cool experience to know that, yeah. it, you know, that our conversation is helping people. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited and we just want to thank you guys again for all your support and um, just let you know this content's going to start coming out starting next week. So, and we'll keep you completely updated. Our website, lionrockrecovery.com slash podcast. Uh, we'll have updates on there as well. And as always, if you need help finding a resource, if there's anything that you'd like to share with us, if you have questions or if you, you need help just kind of reaching out or being directed somewhere, then we're here for you. And you can email us anytime at podcast at lionrockrecovery.com and we will get back to you quickly. Yes, ma'am. All right. <laughs> have a wonderful week and we will catch up with you at the next episode. Woohoo! The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast, would like to thank our sponsor, Lion Rock Recovery, for their support. Lion Rock Recovery provides online substance abuse counseling where you can get help from the privacy of your own home. For more information, visit www.lionrockrecovery.com backslash podcast. Subscribe and join our podcast community to hear amazing stories of courage and transformation. We are so grateful to our listeners and hope that you will engage with us. Please email us comments, questions, anything you want to share with us, how this podcast has affected you. Our email address is podcast at lionrockrecovery.com. 
we want to hear from you. 